occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm Abby. Well, I'm Kate. <laughs> How dare you try and take the thing that I say, which is my own name. Well, it's episode eight anyway. It's episode eight. I'm talking about Bigfoot. I'm talking about Wendigo. Some scary urban legends. Are you excited? No. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm not. I fear nothing. You don't fear the Wendigo? No. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's a lie. Everyone fears the Wendigo. If you don't know what they are, then prepare for some gore, I guess. Scary. Scary stories. You don't know what I'm gonna say. No, but Wendigo is scary, so I'm gonna assume. But yeah, I'm talking about Bigfoot, who is, I guess, less scary to some people. Well, if you're afraid of feet... <laughs> He's super scary. <laughs> oh, if you're afraid of feet, then you got a big storm coming because oh, he's got some big old ones. You got a big foot coming. <laughs> the Sasquatch, also known <laughs> as. Uh, you got anything to cover before we? Um, I don't think I do this week. No, we're just gonna go straight in this week. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll plug ourselves later. Yeah, stay tuned for some ads. An adulterated plugging. So today I'm going to talk about Bigfoot, as I said. So my sources are Fox News Utah. Utah? Utah? Do you mean Utah? Utah? <laughs> Utah? <laughs> like Newton? Sorry, I read it like that. Everyone in Utah, I'm sorry. Utah Outside is going to come for you. OutsideOnline.com, Wikipedia, PopularMechanics.com, and The Independent. Utah. <laughs> so, okay, how much do you know about Bigfoot? I know that he's got some big feet and he's hairy. That's it. Anything else? Anything about the uh, photographs or? I know that photo of him in the forest, like lurking about, but that's about it. Lurking. Yeah, he's just stood. Are you saying that because you think that Bigfoot is one thing? Because Bigfoot is a Sasquatch, and there are supposedly lots of them. Oh, it's a species. I didn't not know just that. I one, thought that was just. It's like I thought it was like hairy man. the Loch Ness monster, whereas there's like one. I thought there was the Bigfoot. Nah, there's. Sasquatch. Right. Other species. Bigfoot is one of. Well, it's also called Bigfoot as in the species. Oh. But we'll get we'll get in. Okay. So he's popular in North American folklore. He is said to be a hairy ape like creature that walks on two legs like a man. Me. <laughs> They're often portrayed to be the missing link between humans and human ancestors. Like that film? Don't I knew you were going to talk about that film. We haven't even seen this. The film. Missing Link. I wanted to so bad. If you see, if you've seen it, and it's good, let us know. So Bigfoot is closely associated with uh, Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia because people claim to see these creatures primarily in these areas. But folklorists trace the figure of Bigfoot to the European wild man, and he's kind of a figure in art and literature, and they look quite similar. So many Native American cultures have written oral legends that talk of a creature similar that roams the continent's forest. The animals are sometimes more human-like and other times more ape-like. As well as this, 19th and early 20th century newspapers had sections devoted to the miner, to the miners, trappers and prospectors claiming to have seen wild men, bear men and monkey men. So this was kind of like a big thing. People think that they existed, especially in these sort of time periods. Okay, by bear men, does it mean like just hairy? I guess. <clears throat> Big old hairy bear men. Like right. a like a bear, but 
a man, which I guess is what Bigfoot is. Well, I guess if it was on like two legs though, because bears aren't often unless they're reaching. Weird. <laughs> no, because like they can like slash trees up and stuff, can't they? I guess. I mean, I've never seen a bear in real life. You've not? Yes, no. you have. No, I haven't. Oh my god, no! He was in the little hut. Yeah, we went to the zoo once, and I was so excited to see the bear, and he wasn't there. Oh my goodness. We don't have them in England, I don't think. Honestly, I'm not too sure. I, I can't imagine there being a bear. Where would we put it? <laughs> Where would we put it? In the zoo. Yeah, so this isn't something that came out of nowhere, and lots of different groups of people have believed in it for like quite a long time. Uh, so in 1924, a group of prospectors... Prospectors? Prospectors? How do you say that? Prospectors? <clears throat> like... Um, I know what they are. Prospector Pete from Toy Story. Toy Story. But I can never, like. Yeah, it's Prospector. Yeah, so they were all in a cabin along the shoulder of Mount Helen in Washington, and they claimed they were attacked one night by a group of ape men. Ape, not eight. In case you (laughs) missed a group of eight men. I said it, and I was like, this is going to sound like it's got nothing to do with it. Later, one of them admitted that they weren't unprovoked attacks because they tried to shoot the creatures earlier in the day. Oh my goodness. Why? For what? Well, I guess if you see an animal and you're like, what the hell is that? Maybe it's like, you know, in Up, when they want Kevin, because like, no one believes that he's real. Yeah, fair. So if you kill it and take it back, everyone's going to be like, oh yeah. I suppose there are other ways to go about things. People don't think about that though, I guess. Claims like this were often met by skeptics to be unreliable because they were from a witness so you couldn't tell if it was real or fake. People who claim to have seen Bigfoot Describe it as being between six to nine feet tall and covered in dark hair. They are also thought to leave enormous footprints, hence the name Bigfoot. Well, I mean, you would if you were between six and nine foot tall, wouldn't you? Maybe. And maybe it's just a tall guy. Hairy. Well, maybe, but maybe it's an animal, Kate. God. <laughs> Bigfoot was also a common nickname for large grizzly bears who attacked humans and ate cattle. It wasn't until 1958 when a tractor operator found a series of huge muddy footprints that the term became popular when referring to the creature. In the mid-20th century, Ivan T. Sanderson published a book called Abominable Snowmen, Legend Come to Life. You read it? I have not, unfortunately. You gonna? Probably not. If you're about to give me a synopsis of the book, I'm probably not. (laughs) In this book, what on earth was that? <laughs> in this book, he uses footprints, eyewitnesses, and bone samples to give evidence of subhumans. Wait, bone samples? Living on the five continents of the world. <laughs> Just ignore me. Where's he getting this? Bone includes the Sasquatch from? and also the Yeti. But some people believe that the Yeti's an entirely different thing. But I'm sure we'll cover the Yeti a different day. But yeah, some people think that they're kind of the same sort of family. But the Yeti is a adapted for the cold. And you know, are white like polar bears, and the Sasquatch is adapted for the woods. Oh, and it's so brown like the bear. camouflage and yeah, just kind of evolving in its right. own way. Okay. So, an evolutionary biologist at John Hopkins University reviewed the book for Science Magazine, and he said that the writer's standards for evidence are unbelievably low, and that the evidence is anything but convincing. Don't think he was a fan. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't like the book. Yeah. <laughs> He did, however, say that it would be unscientific to say that the creatures did not definitely not exist. So the book caught a lot of attention. Before this, it was like simple local law, and this kind of really helped push it, the idea of the Sasquatch to other people. Especially with the release of the Patterson-Gimlin film, six years later. What was what? the film called? 
it's just kind of called that. That's just kind of what it's called. It's not like a a big film. Wait, do you think it's like a feature film? It's not like that. It's a, it's where that photo comes from. The still of the, the one oh, you said you've seen. Cool. It's just a couple guys that were filming in the woods. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that in a sec. So, yeah, this is the one where Bigfoot is kind of first captured on camera, and you've probably seen the photograph. And if you haven't, then you can check it out on at MidsMagicPod on social media. There's the shameless plug. <laughs> it's supposed to be a female Bigfoot by Bigfoot experts, and it's nicknamed Patty. Short for Patty Cake. <laughs> I assumed it was because the film was Patterson Gimlin. But Patty Cake sounds cute to you. <laughs> I didn't even think of that connection. I was like, Patricia. <laughs> so when I was like writing this down, I asked Kate if Bigfoot was scary and she said no because she's doing a horrifying creature this episode. So I guess in comparison, this hairy man is not scary. Well, I'm, I don't see why you would be afraid but of him. I don't know, man. Watching this film, I've seen it before, but not in a couple of years. It made me feel really uncomfortable. I think it's because we don't know what that animal is and whether it's like a hoax or not. And like, it yeah. made me feel really uncomfortable, like watching it. When I it like, looks I'll, back. I'll watch it. I'll, yeah, it. I will. I'll put all the links and everything because obviously I can't take everyone's videos and put them on social media but i'll definitely include some links into everything so that you can check this out because it is really weird and i'll show you in a sec i just don't see why you i don't know i mean i haven't watched it but before having watched it i am not afraid because i'm not afraid of like an orangutan do you know what i mean and they're big and hairy yes but this is like a huge man i suppose but with hair i'm not afraid of bears though probably like, should be but... imagine seeing something like that you're like what is that <laughs> true also if you're like alone in the woods well if i'm alone in the woods and someone moves i'm spooked anyway so like we do this spooky podcast yeah i don't have to meet everything we're talking about you thank do. god That's episode what? one skinwalkers <laughs> i'm screwed so yeah it, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable and i think it's because in the in the film they're riding horses and he sees Bigfoot and then like he starts to panic and he's trying to get closer and it kind of really puts you in his shoes you know like the camera starts going all shaky because he's like running towards it and it's just it's weird to watch the filmmakers Roger Patterson and Bob Gimelin filmed this in Bluff Creek in California roughly 30 ma 38 miles south of Oregon for decades the exact location of the site was lost because of flooding in the stream and the regrowth of plants so yeah, they're riding horseback along the creek and they're making a film for a few minutes, just kind of, I think the camera's like in the, the saddle of the horse, they're just chilling out. And Gimlin described himself as in a mild state of shock when he first saw the figure. It seems a bit, I don't know, kind of unlikely that you would just so happen to be filming and then it's, it would turn off. I mean, they're, they're in the film, they're just kind of riding around for a, a good few minutes. It's kind of like if you were going to go you know, take Snapchats or whatever of, like, a beautiful scenario. If you're going on, like, a hike, it makes sense. How many photos of Bigfoot are there? Honestly, quite a lot. There are? Yeah. There are... I mean, there are... I'll talk about more sightings in, in a few... In a, in a minute. But, like, yeah, there are quite a lot. And some of them look more, like, hoaxy than the others. Mm. This one, I feel like, is the most legitimate thing because this one, it does look like something else. And I think it's because it's so tall and it does like seven feet long strides. Like, what person does that? 
but some of them could easily be like an you know an animal or somebody in a gorilla suit but okay it's someone on stilt <laughs> it's me <laughs> I did it just so two. I could hype up this podcast. I'm like, I've saw Bigfoot. I've seen Bigfoot, but it's just me. Bigfoot's in the room with us today. Okay, our special guest today is Bigfoot. Woo. <laughs> I was going to do like a growl, but I'm not going to do that. Please don't. Stop. <laughs> Good God. Everyone's clicked off. Sorry, we've just lost all of our followers. <laughs> so yeah, Patterson estimated its height up to be around six foot six. Specific. And Goodman said that it was about six feet tall. Was the it RuPaul? Film... Why did you say that? Super duper tall. The I don't film... know that many people that are six foot six. I don't know anyone who's six foot six. The RuPaul. Film... <laughs> I don't know how tall RuPaul is. He's tall. Him and his husband. They're tall. Uh, anyways, back to Bigfoot. Sorry. <laughs> the film shows the creature is a large hairy animal walking on two legs like a human. It also has prominent breasts and short dark hair covering its body. It also matches the descriptions of Bigfoot given by other people. I, uh, I don't know. Why is it walking on two feet? Oh my god! I'm talking about it. Get, we'll get to. That. Okay, sorry. I'm just really <laughs> Stop impatient. Stop questioning me. I'm sorry. So Patterson says his horse reared upon seeing the figure, and he spent about twenty seconds getting off the horse and controlling it. He then took the camera out of a saddlebag to get the footage, which is why it's so shaky. And he yells, cover me, to Gimlin, meaning to take out his gun. Gimlin did, but he didn't point it at the creature. The figure then starts walking away, and Patterson begins to run after the animal, which is why the camera's so shaky, again. And as he gets closer, Patty the Bigfoot turns around, <laughs> which is the photo you've probably seen, it's the most popular one, and Patterson falls to his knees. Right. They tried to follow it, but it went behind some trees, and Patterson felt vulnerable without a <laughs> Sorry, she's laughing because I said Patty the Bigfoot. <laughs> and Patterson felt vulnerable without a rifle or a horse. At this point, the reel of film ran out. They did have another roll, though, and they tracked Patty, but they lost it in the undergrowth. After this, they went back to their campsite to pick up some plaster and made two plaster casts of the footprints. How are you losing something that's six and a half foot tall? Because it's, like, a lot of trees. They're in a woods. They're in a creek. Fair. But yeah, they they were dedicated. They went out and took some plaster casts of the footprints that they they had some sort of solid evidence besides the film. That's good. So when they watched the footage back, they were pessimistic about it being enough evidence to convince anybody. But it did become a phenomenon. A primate biologist described the whole thing as a well-done hoax. But not everyone saw it that way. A professor of physical anthropology believed in it, and he found the matter of walking... The matter of the animal sort of... The way that it walked was different to sort of like a person, but also like an animal. Right. And the structure of the found footprints was also enough evidence for him, so he thoroughly believed in this. That's cool. Yeah, he created a theory based on the way the creature walked and that the Bigfoot is part of our family tree and it's a descendant of a thought-to-be-long-extinct primate that once lived in Asia. Hmm. So there used to be a species called the... Please bear with me. Mm -hmm. Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. There's a reason that Latin died. <laughs> Which is... Okay. Just pretend I said that perfect. <laughs> it's an extinct, extinct member of the primate family, and all of its fossils were found in Asia. But many species from Asia migrated across the Bering Land Bridge, which used to connect Asia and North America, but it's gone now because of the changing sea levels. 
So he theorized that the animal could have just kind of crossed the bridge and evolved into its own species, kind of like humans did. You know, maybe it was like a big monkey and then kind of evolved in a different way to adapt to being in the woods and got to like lots of fur and could walk on two legs like we can. Mm-hmm. And they only found jawbones and teeth from the extinct animal, but they can judge what kind of creature it was based on that. But because no bigger pieces were found, it's uncertain as to whether or not it could walk on two or four legs because of its huge size. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, if you're that tall, wouldn't you just fall over a lot? (laughs) Oh, God, my glasses just fell. Uh, It could, however, have evolved like humans did and just started walking on two legs because it has been millions of years. So, like, it's entirely possible. Anything can happen in millions of years. Exactly. Maybe it just... Maybe that's why its feet are so big to kind of keep it sturdy. Oh, true, yeah. It's not a lanky animal, is it? It's not going to fall over. Yeah. It's extremely debated by experts, and longer people, lots of people think it's not really a convincing theory, and some people think it is. Since then, there have been over 1,000 sightings of Bigfoot. So that's how many there have been, to answer your question from earlier. Since when, sorry? Since this theory came about. So early 1900s. I don't remember what time, what year I said the film was. 60s? Okay. Right. There's not that many, though. I mean, it's quite a lot. If you think about it, though, the woodland is big. True, yeah, I guess if there's like Anything a lot could of be places. In there. And if you're just passing through and you see like a brown fig, you probably think it's a bear and you're probably just going to leg it. Yeah. Or I suppose like if a lot of people went looking after that, then you'd just kind of hide, wouldn't you? If you don't yeah. know what this weird, short little creature is that keeps bugging you, you're just going to move away. Yeah. According to a 2014 poll, more Americans believe in Bigfoot than in the Big in the Big Bang Theory. Damn. That's... No comment. Yeah. There's a photo from 2007 that Bigfoot field researchers put forward that claimed to show a juvenile Bigfoot. The Pennsylvania Game Commission said that the photos were of a bear with a skin disease. <laughs> There's a bit of a difference in that bears don't walk around on two feet. It wasn't on two feet, it was on four feet. Okay. But an anthropologist and a scientist both said that the limb proportions of the creature were more of a monkey than a bear, which I agree with, and the photo will also be on social media. I'll I don't show think you I like that. Soon, Kate. It's a weird little thing. I don't think it's a bear at all. Mm. It's a bit freaky. I'm not a fan. So you are you do think it's scary? No, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, it's not scary. It's more unsettling. Yeah, knowing that this could exist. There's also a another video on Marble Mountain filmed by a youth group. It was filmed for nearly seven minutes, which is the longest, like, consistent recording of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But it's also in the distance of a mount on like on a mountain, and I will show it to you. But I'm not really sure about this one because it could also just easily be a person with a backpack on in the distance. Right. In 2012, a group of siblings hiking in the Provo Canyon were filming what they thought was a bear in the woods, and then the creature suddenly stood up on two legs, and the hikers ran, and then it gets all shaky and it cuts off. Bears can stand on two legs. It's weird. It is weird. It could easily be a hoax, but it is a bit uncomfortable to watch. Like, you think it's like an animal that you don't know. If it's real, you know. Yeah. A year later, they started a Kickstarter Kickstarter campaign. Oh, my God. To investigate you to Bigfoot sightings. I said Utah again. Utah. <laughs> to investigate Sorry, Utah, you've been Utah renamed. Bigfoot sightings. So they obviously had some belief in it. They started a Kickstarter. 
Unless they just wanted to make their video better. Starting a Kickstarter does not mean that you wholeheartedly believe in this. I guess. That's not proof. It's not like they've dedicated their life to Bigfoot. They started a GoFundMe. (laughs) What? Why is that your evidence? It's not. It was just a thing. Mm -hmm. There were plenty, but these ones were some of my favourites. Okay. (laughs) That one I, I liked. There were a couple others, but like... I don't know. They could have just easily been hoaxes. Obviously, people are probably trying to cash in on this now, especially with YouTube, like, monetizing videos and stuff. Yeah. And there are a bunch of other sightings, and some are more realistic than others. There's another one where someone's filming an animal, and then it sort of also gets up on two legs. I think it's in the same area as, like, the kids. Right. And it starts to throw rocks at the guy. So the animal throws rocks. Yeah. Experts believe it's a trademark of Sasquatch behavior. Throwing rocks. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This one, the video is a bit weird and it does throw like a human. So I'm like, maybe it is a monkey. Maybe it's a person. Like maybe it's someone in a costume. I don't know. But what's funny to me is that there are Sasquatch experts and they're just like, ah, typical Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, like, there is again throwing you, rocks. If you don't know <laughs> if Sasquatches are real, how can you be like, that's just typical behavior? But I mean, whatever. Okay. I'm not skeptical of this, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Well, we like to th- we like to think about it. It's an open mind regardless of which way you choose to look at it. Yeah, I just realized I've been very negative, but the the evidence you're providing me with is a Kickstarter and throwing rocks, so. No, when you see the videos it will be different. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't showed them yet cuz I don't want to get any spoilers. Yeah, this the thing in this video is looks about to be 7 feet tall. It's huge. So if it is someone in a costume, it's a big old person. Mhm. Or they're on stilts. Since then, <laughs> there's another reported sighting in the same place, and you can find a video of that on Fox 13 News, Utah. Utah. <laughs> so, is Bigfoot real? What do you think, it? I don't know. I believe in Bigfoot. You've not given me any evidence. I believe in Bigfoot. I'm sure that, if you're listening to this, go and watch the videos, because I'm sure this all makes a lot more sense. But I have not yet seen the videos, so I don't know whether it looks convincing you know i've seen the videos and i think it's enough to convince me i think it's because of that and the explanation by that scientist makes complete sense you know if if there was a huge primate in asia and it wandered over the bridge like many other animals did yeah and then evolved over like a long time to become a humanoid kind of creature that that could completely be a thing and there might not be that many of them and the woodland is so vast and thick and america's huge you know I mean, it could have just been, um, like, a caveman-type-esque thing that then just didn't evolve. Well, yeah, exactly. To be, like, us. It's the missing link. Yeah. That's... I mean, that's convincing. I believe that, you know, there could be something there, because why not? If you believe in evolution, like, we've got this far, it could have just taken a different tangent you know well that's what i was that's what i was thinking yeah like it evolved enough to co- sort of walk around like us and you know obviously use tools or throw rocks if it can actually do that and that's legit it could have just evolved to be that kind of creature instead of the way that we are it's interesting though that um as far as we know they don't have like huge colonies or a bartering system or anything because obviously we got there you know after sort of you know we were walking on two feet and then if they can throw rocks they can obviously use their hands for like 
and like judge sort of distance and danger and stuff like that yeah I it, guess. it would seem odd that they didn't have kind of their own little i guess colony type thing yeah i don't know let us know if you believe in the sasquatch the bigfoot if you've seen a bigfoot if you're living in North America, which most of you are. <laughs> if you're in Utah, then let us know. If you're in Utah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just because I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. I know how to say it. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Anyways, time to plug ourselves. Woohoo! Do you want to do the honors, Kate? Oh, no. You go right ahead. You're so good at it. Okay. i got a couple of things to do. First of all, you want to follow us on social media. It's at Mids Magic Pop. We post great things on there. Updates, snippets, like, you know, cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <Is> it? <laughs> Anything that we talk about on here, we also post photos of on there. So that's great. Uh, also, if you want to support the podcast by giving us money so we can buy more mics and, you know, sound better, live that would be great. Hopefully have some guests on if we can afford another mic. Oh, we would love to have guests on. People who've seen ghosts, experts, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so that would be really awesome if you could help us out. If you go to mythsmagicandmurder.weebly.com, link will be in the description, and you click on support the page, you can join our Patreon. You can pick which other tier you want and you get some great rewards. Or you can donate or buy us a coffee, like buy PayPal, and that would be awesome as well. You want to talk about Patreon a bit more? Yeah, so on Patreon, there are a whole bunch of different tiers, um, like Abby said. Um, They range from barely anything a month to then sort of the more expensive end. I think there are like eight or nine to choose from. Um, And then you can get things like um, exclusive content. We'll be doing an extra episode every month on Patreon. Um, We'll have things like stickers. Um, We can send you letters. We can mention you, you know, follow you back, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's really cool if you want sort of the extra slice of Myths, Magic and Murder. Yeah, and as I said, it would really, really help us out. I also have a discount code for cosmiccrystals.co.uk. Ooh. So if you want to buy some little crystal decorations, good for Christmas, uh, you can get them from cosmiccrystals.co.uk. It's mostly jewellery and necklaces and stuff, but there's a lot of really cute things on there and they're very affordable. And you can use code MythsMagicPod for 10% off. Yeah, you should definitely go have a little look because that stuff's really cute. I also wanted to claim that we're not getting paid to say that, but we might get a little chunk if you use our code to buy it. So this isn't like a sponsor or anything, but just so you know. We're not going to shove it down your throat. Yeah, I don't want to be like, send us money (laughs) and then be like, anyway, we have a sponsor because we don't. Yeah. Okay, cool. You want to go next? Well, there's no one else to go next. (laughs) Maybe we had a guest if we had enough money for another money. (laughs) Oh my God, stop pressuring them. You're being horrible. (laughs) No, you don't have to do anything. Okay, Kate. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the Wendigo. So I used Wikipedia, godsandmonsters.com, refinery29, realparanormalexperiences.com, copycateffects.blogspot.com, the Edmonton Sun, mysteriousuniverse.org, sciencehowstuffworks.com, and yourghoststories.com. Holy shit. <laughs> that was I a did lot. research. Okay, mine is dumb now and Bigfoot's fake. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, none of my evidence is a crowdfunder, so... <laughs> You don't know. You haven't seen the videos yet. Okay, so the Wendigo is a mythological man-eating creature slash spirit from folklore of Native American Algonquin tribes based around Nova Scotia, Canada's east coast, and the Great Lakes region of Canada. I feel like that's a decent enough synopsis. Yeah, I'm... yeah. (laughs) So, what it is, it's a human-like monster um, that has 
been said to have gaunt grey skin that's pulled taut across the bones. They're super skinny, very tall, have increased speed, endurance, and heightened senses. They smell like rotting flesh and are ravenous ravenous for human flesh. Gross. All in all, horrific. Oh yeah, I hate them. I've only seen them in Until Dawn and in the second, I think, episode of Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely hate the things. They're so creepy. They are awful. (laughs) There'll be a photo online on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Go check it out. At Myths Magic Pod. So there's a book called The Manitos, The Spiritual World of the Ojibwe by Basil Johnson. Johnston, sorry. And it says that the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the... You okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. Can't read your own goddamn <laughs> yeah. writing. Um, basically, resurrected. Um, Grey skin, what lips it had, were tattered and bloody. So in the book, it also says that after having eaten human flesh, the Wendigos grew proportionally in size, so their hunger and craving remained in proportion so they were still dead hungry and were craving human flesh still but they were bigger yeah so thus they were eternally starving oh Mm. what a life to live (laughs) so there were two types of wendigo from what i gathered from research so there's like the evil spirit slash creature of a wendigo kind of like pure i guess so having eaten another person um and then there are the victims of wendigo so if you're touched by a wendigo you are cursed to slowly turn into a wendigo too as well as if you're bitten breathed upon or keep the gaze of a wendigo breathed upon Mm-hmm. so if they get ah. close and you're hiding and they like breathe on you you're fucked oh god do you know do you know how long it takes to become a wendigo that i do not know I hope it's quick. Well, it's supposed to be like your ice, your heart turns to ice and then you're like kind of inhuman type thing. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Though the most common way to become a Wendigo is to perform cannibalistic acts, i.e. eating another person. So obviously from here the wendigo will try and fill its hunger for human flesh. So you become a wendigo if they breathe on you, look at you, if you eat a person, or if they touch you, or or if they bite you. Yeah. So a lot of different ways. Oh yeah, it's really hard to not be a wendigo by the sounds of it. (laughs) (laughs) Just Um, don't eat another man. (laughs) Well, I mean, it could just grab you. If a wendigo grabbed me, I'm just, I'm tapping out. Yeah, right. It says... If a victim ever recovers, though I'm not sure how one would recover from turning into a Wendigo. Anti-Wendigo potion. (laughs) They will feel so much guilt about their actions that they will often beg to die. Jesus Christ. It's said that the voice of a Wendigo can be heard in the wind on a snowy night. I can't believe I said Bigfoot was scary and you're going to hit me with this. Trying to entice those who listen with forbidden feasts. Also, I haven't written this down, but there was a link to Bigfoot in the Wendigo research I did. So, one view of the Wendigo is that they're, like, super skinny, like, pale, gaunt, that kind of thing. 
but um, another view of the Wendigo in different tribes or groups of people is that they are hairy and tall and big. So kind of like, I think it was referred to as a sub-culture, I suppose, of Bigfoot. So the Wendigo is also Bigfoot, is what you're telling me? It's possible, but obviously... So Bigfoot is scary. But obviously it depends which view of a Wendigo you take, because obviously the one that I'm talking about is kind of the the gaunt, grey, skinny one. This is even more horrific. Yeah, so... But yeah, I found Ooh. that in my in my research. That was a cool link. Thanks, Kate. The only way to kill a Wendigo is to burn the body to ash until nothing remains. Nice. I imagine it's pretty hard to do, but apparently it wasn't to a member of the Cree tribe, Jack Fiddler. He killed 14 Wendigos in his lifetime. Oh my god. However, he and his brother were arrested and imprisoned for killing a woman before she transformed. Jack escaped and killed himself and his brother died days before he would have been released on appeal. It's hard, though, to tell if Jack was killing Wendigos or whether he was just a murderer looking for an excuse. Obviously, because he was killing them before they'd transformed, you know? Yeah. Okay. So. Is that, where did you find that? Is Did he write that down, or is it, like, word of mouth in his tribe, or what? I've honestly not got a clue. I found it a lot, though. It's, it's on a lot of things when yeah. you look up Wendigos, so... I wasn't questioning your sources. I was just wondering how we knew that information. Oh no, I mean it. It doesn't tell you on any of them. Right. Okay. Um. That's so funny. I imagine word of mouth. Word of mouth that eventually become journalism. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No problem. So the Wendigo is part of the belief system of a number of Algonquin-speaking peoples. By the way, I've googled how to say that, and I'm so sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Including the Ojibwe, Salto, Cree, Naskapi and Innu people. Like I said, in the different groups of people, they have different views on what a Wendigo is. Um, But they're associated with winter, coldness, famine, and starvation. Um, And in most of them, like I said, they're tall, skinny creatures. It's possible that the legend of a Wendigo came about because European explorers were turning up on their shores. Um, They stank after the long journey. They were white, they were frail from the poor supplies on the boats Um, because often they didn't ration very well on the boats so they may go for the last few days of the journey without having eaten anything Um, and then they proceeded to slaughter the locals and take their land out of greed and that's kind of like, you know, the Wendigo, super stinky, frail, white, eating all the time like they crave to kill basically wow that's super interesting and i didn't really know anything about that yeah so it could just be um a metaphor because obviously a lot of folk law and stuff is to kind of provide a warning or to be used as a story to kind of kind of like a fable i guess yeah i guess it could kind of make sense as well if it kind of started out like that and then you know morphed into something else yeah There's also something called Wendigo psychosis, which causes sufferers to have intense cravings for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. Right. So that's not... Bad boat to be in. Yeah. It's not accepted, necessarily. So there's an argument as to whether this actually exists because it's um, culturally specific and 
scientists and sort of medical persons don't know whether it's actually a thing or whether it's just kind of you know stories and people believing what they have been told about a patient you yeah. know but there is one case of reported wendigo psychosis in which a plains cree fur trapper swift runner and his family swift runner is his name and his family were starving in a harsh winter in 1878 the family were around 30 miles away from an outpost with food in so swift killed and ate his wife brother and seven children oh my god there were eight children yeah (laughs) there were eight children but his eldest son had already died of starvation out there he eventually got back to civilization and told everyone that he was the only member of his family that hadn't died of starvation but everyone was skeptical skeptical because this guy looked totally fine he wasn't malnourished and he had screaming fits and nightmares swift said he was tormented by a spirit called the wendigo and left at that eventually though the police found a site that was littered with bones, flesh, hair, and some larger bones that had been snapped, and the marrow sucked out. Ew. Yeah. Swift confessed and said that he'd shot some of his family, bludgeoned others with an axe, strangled some, and with one of his sons, he fed them human flesh before he was also killed. I don't like this very much. <laughs> Interestingly, there have been... Um, some links to Wendigos and the Greyhound bus incident incident in 2008. If you know about that? Not very well, no. So, I'll explain it all. There was an ethno-historian called Nathan Carlson who recalled several cases in northern Alberta communities where subjects who believed they were turning into Wendigos would go into convulsions, make terrifying animalistic sounds and beg their captors to kill them before they started eating people. So, 10 days before the Greyhound bus incident, there was a guy called Vince Lee, and he was a paper delivery guy, um, and he was delivering copies of The Sun, which contained the interview with Carlson, where he recalled all of those things. Right. Vince Lee then went on to commit a crime on the Greyhound bus, which included stabbing, killing, beheading, and eating parts of another fellow traveller who he did not know. You'll probably know that crime. It was the guy that was holding the beheaded head up to the rest of the passengers. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. So, Carlson was pretty freaked out because he was like, there's a whole bunch of similarities between Lee's crime and the things that I've seen in the Alberta communities. So, possible link there. Where was that? Where was it? Yeah. I'm not too sure, you know. I forgot to write it down. Was it in England? No, 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 no. Oh, good. It was... I don't remember this very, very well at all. It could possibly have been Canada. It was definitely either Canada or America. It wasn't As long as it ain't here. (laughs) Sorry to all the UK people. The US people, rather. People in Utah. Give this up. I'm sorry, Utah. So Wendigos have appeared in things such as Until Dawn, which is a horror video game. It's brilliant. If you haven't played it, you should. It's a favourite game. Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, Supernatural, Grimm, Hannibal, and loads more. Stuff like Charmed and stuff. There's also a book by Algernon Blackwood from 1910 called The Wendigo, 
which has influenced how the Wendigo is shown in the media. So if you've got time, it's only a short story. It's definitely worth reading. And I tried looking up some stuff so that I could give you some stories like I did with Skinwalkers. Um, but there was only sort of one that I could find. It's by Artesthesia, um, and it is on yourghoststories.com. I'm going to read it to you. I'm excited. There's no easy way to tell the t- tell the tale of facing a Wendigo. I won't give my name away, so my name will be Alex due to the severity of this story. Before you read on, know one detrimental detail. This story is 100% true, without over-exaggeration. So please, without further wait, let's begin my horrifying yet eye-opening experience. On September 13th of 2016, I was driving up the Bighorn Mountains above Buffalo, Wyoming. Just like every trip, I packed accordingly. Two bottles of water, six Nutrigrain bars, and my loaded handgun. I drove up four to five times per week, never worrying on ghost stories or monsters. As far as I knew, these mountains were harmless besides predators seldomly seen and weather interference. But something in me changed on September 13th. Instead of going to my usual neck of the woods, I went to a remote campsite known as Hettinger, 15 miles up from town. It's a beautiful place where, if you cross the fence, you can climb to a peak and oversee for days. As I was looking over the majestic snow-covered landscape, I saw a tall, slender figure marching through the blanket of powder. Normally I would drop it as a hunter on the move, but Hettinger was far from any known hunting locations. To this day, I wish I would have packed up and left. I wish I didn't peek through my binoculars, but sometimes securing curiosity is the only safe option. I'll never let myself forget the moment I peered through the cold glass over the winter plateau. As I focused my lenses and the figure came to clarity, I dropped behind the rocks. It was looking back at me, as if it could see me. That would be impossible for a human. I was a thousand feet away or more, hidden by a rock and within the tree line. I peeked back up, using only the top of my head to look again. It was just standing there, sniffing the air, looking at me. My heart sank, and I couldn't move. I was frozen in fear. About 200 feet behind me, there was a small rock cave, big enough to squeeze into and deep enough to hide in the dark. I slowly made my way, inching backwards. I took one last look and noticed it was sprinting towards me. No. I moved as fast as possible to the hole and tucked in. The moment I made it, the creature was standing feet from where I was. Its skin was damp in appearance and grey. It also had long hands and fingers to match that turned to dagger-like nails. I cupped my mouth to hide breathing, which became a challenge due to the cold. But as I moved my hand, a rock tumbled. I looked down at the rock just to look back up and see its cold eyes peering through the hole. It was almost as if it couldn't see me, but it knew something was there. I stood still as a statue. It reached in, almost grasping my pack. After five minutes of forever, it gave up and took back to sniffing. I waited there in shock, and a daunting weight of fright casting over me every moment in passing. It quickly got dark as night fell, and it finally wandered off. I waited until I felt assured to poke my head out. I took a long look around and saw nothing, not even a footprint. I took time in watching my steps to stay quiet and made my way back down to my car. I used my key to unlock it rather than using the button lock. I got in and sank down and took a last look around. 
I finally found courage to crank my car and began to drive down the trail to the main highway. As I was just about tu- sorry, as I was just about turned around, I saw it. It stood as tall as the trees and stared at me. I hit the gas and fishtailed, but I made it. As I reached the main road, it was in pursuit and was keeping up. After a few miles, I looked back and it was gone. To this day, I haven't been back, not even to that region of the mountains. Looking it up, I found several myths about the creature and its origins. I believe you should too. It's quite unique. Stay safe and know the world is more far and vast than we know. Ooh. Spooky. That was spooky. That was really interesting. Thank you. So a lot of people were like, this isn't a real story. It's too well written. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure that that one's true because... I don't think a Wendigo would just give up if it's craving flesh. I guess. But, but if you're driving quite quickly, maybe yeah. it's just like someone else will come along. True. Yeah. So. And I mean, the last statement is kind of my outlook on life, really. Yeah, the definitely. The world is far weirder than we know it. That's the point of this podcast is to explore all those weird things. 100%. We mm. do it so you don't have to. <laughs> but yeah, that was the Wendigo. What do you think? I hate it. <laughs> uh, not as much as the skinwalkers. Those are horrifying. But I think the thing about skinwalkers is that they can change. They're, they're not just one set thing. That's it. I think with a Wendigo, it is horrific. It is so horrific. It's and awful to look at. It may exist. But at least when you see a Wendigo, you're like, oh shit, that's a Wendigo. Whereas when you... It, like The thing with skinwalkers... I'm bringing this up because you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. They scared me so much because they can be anybody and they can trick you. You know, like a skinwalker could be you and be like, hey, Abby, let's go do this. And I'd be like, okay, Kate. And then it would eat me or whatever it does. I can't remember. It was episode one. But (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? It could easily just trick you. Whereas a Wendigo seems dangerous and scary, but not quite as smart. I don't know, though, because if it was... I mean, the Wendigo are people, so it has people smarts. It's kind of like a zombie. Kind of, yeah, but mentally coherent. Yeah. Whereas zombies, like, they're not too bright. I wonder if there's a like a connection with that, you know, like wanting human flesh and being sort of undead. I don't know. It's interesting, though, that with zombies, it's never... Um, physically they look pretty much the same you know apart from yeah, being covered in blood or whatever yeah whereas Wendigo are like their skin is like pulled tight across their bones yeah I don't know I just mean maybe it could be like another version of the zombie story yeah I don't know where that originated maybe we should do an episode on zombies but possibly yeah I guess because you have to eat flesh yeah you kind of have to to be alive really yeah. I don't know, but... Interesting. That was a very spooky, spooky little episode. Let us know what you believe in. Do you believe in the Wendigo? Do you believe in Bigfoot? Let us know. We love to know. We you have do. an email that you can email us <laughs> and tell us. Uh, MissMagicAndMurder at gmail.com Do it. <laughs> if, you, if you want to do that, or you can tell us on social media. Give us a follow, give us a like. Give us a big old review telling us how much you love us. Or hate us. Or feel nothing to us. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're like, I listen to this podcast every week, but I feel nothing. <laughs> I, I care not for Kate nor Abby. <laughs> but I tune in every week anyways. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. I don't care, man. As long as you're... It's your time, not ours. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll leave you until next week. This has been super fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>